A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Previously on Alien Encounters... Shards of an alien ship have transformed our lives. Now, they're surrounding us. You're going to feel caged in. Are we being squeezed out of our own planet? The aliens gave us a quantum supercomputer. Now their technology predicts and monitors every aspect of existence and links the minds of nine million humans who carry alien DNA. Are these new people going to cooperate with us poor homo sapiens, or are they going to compete with us? As the hybrids grow up, they grow more powerful. Let's go home! Let's go home! Can they be stopped? Law-breaking human-alien hybrids get a fitting punishment in a high-tech world. Disconnection from Bridnet their wordless and worldwide communication network. The alien-designed quantum supercomputer, Quincy, weakens when even a single hybrid is disconnected. So it takes matters into its own hands. This computer is not going to be concerned with our human laws. It's going to have its own laws that it lives by. Self-preservation may be one. It may have its own interests. It may decide that it wants to change the trajectory of human evolution. With thousands of hybrid convicts set free, governments around the world are overwhelmed. But can you legally prosecute a computer that acts on its own? Once you give it that autonomy, how exactly are you going to take it back? I don't think you can if the computer doesn't want to give it back to you. The United States military tries to disrupt the network that joins hybrid teenagers to the quantum processor. But Quincy is a formidable target. 
It is complex, creative, possibly devious. In other words, like one of us. When we reach the point where these programs can make leaps of logic, leaps of thought that are not programmed into them, then I think you'll start having a computer that has an intelligence more like human intelligence. No one asked the computer to take control, but it is apparently decided it must. Quincy launches its very own fleet of autonomous collection craft into low Earth orbit. For years, human pilots have been collecting valuable shards of alien programmable matter. Is Quincy trying to give them a helping hand? We are currently in our own present-day technologies, very close to being able to build systems that can function as if they were autonomous and intelligent. In the future, machines will do the creating, machines will do the programming, machines will do the inventing of future machines. We will end up as fetal entities in a womb surrounded by the machines that we have created doing all the hard stuff for us. Can mere machines act on their own volition? Researchers at Carnegie Mellon University have created autonomous robots to do something we take for granted, but machines could never do without us. Get from point A to point B. It's just like people, when they go from uh, home to a store, they have to figure out the route that they should take. The robot has to somehow figure out how it can build the trajectory that it can safely follow without colliding with any obstacles. Once we tell it to take off and go to a certain goal location, it does everything from the actual takeoff, the flight, the path planning, the collision avoidance, and the actual landing all by itself. Thanks to infrared lasers and onboard cameras, this unmanned aerial vehicle no longer needs us to find its way around. For now, it must wait for us to give it a destination. But someday, robots will choose their own goals. The, the applications are endless. I think UAVs can be used for a wide variety of purposes. Some of them beneficial to society, some of them less beneficial. That includes being tracked by the government. After the alien ship exploded and turned low Earth orbit into a minefield of debris, space research became unacceptably risky. Now, a path has been cleared to the stars. A decade after its scheduled 2018 launch, the James Webb Telescope is finally clear for takeoff. The main mission of Webb is to find the epoch of first light, which is the epoch when the first star started shining. A lot of people are familiar with the Hubble Space Telescope that works at what are called normal optical wavelengths. But James Webb is operating in the infrared. In other words, that's red, that's so deep red that you can't see it with your eyes. So if you want to learn about how the universe was when it was a baby, you really need to study infrared. It's like using night vision goggles, the infrared detectors in the Webb Telescope uh, will be able to capture the light of, of, you know, as faint as a firefly on the moon to spy that distant whisper of light. 
the Webb telescope must operate in the absolute darkness of deep space, a million miles from Earth. It will likely not go in an orbit around the Earth like the Hubble does and sit five times further away than the Moon in a semi-stable equilibrium point called the second Lagrangian point. In a Lagrange point, you have two bodies, the Earth and the Sun, and they're both pulling on that object equally, so it stays in that same spot kind of a neutral gravity. So you can put something in these places and they will stay there without needing propellant to keep them in that orbit. Parked in its dark and lonely outpost, the Webb telescope might even see the light of life, the faint glow of civilization on a faraway planet. Is this where our alien visitors came from? 22 light years away from our solar system is a rocky super-Earth called Gliese 667cc. It shows signs of life. When the light from the parent star passes through the atmosphere of the planet, that light interacts with the molecules and the atoms in that planet's atmosphere. Every atom, every molecule has distinctive fingerprint that we call a spectrum. And so we can look for the spectrum of elements that we know are indicative of life. We got all these plants that are converting carbon dioxide into oxygen. Well, if you found oxygen on somebody else's world, you'd say, well, it certainly looks like there's some life down there. 
But if there is life here, what kind? Simple bacteria, large animals, or a civilization? The star it orbits, a slow-burning red dwarf, may provide a clue. The sun is going to burn out in another five billion years. But red dwarfs take a hundred billion years before they run out of fuel. So if it's had more time to develop intelligence, this is one case where being older might be better. Life on this distant planet had time to evolve far beyond Earth's 5,000-year-old civilization. This is an exciting day today. human race can thrive alone by themselves. The march of human progress is taking us to an increasingly alien future at a rate we never imagined. Some people are terrified by this concept of accelerating progress, that there was a golden age in the past when things were better and we're fallen creatures and we're unable to deal with this acceleration of progress. But the doomsayers fight a losing battle. The truth is, most of us just want in on whatever is new. The hottest social trend is to join millions of hybrids and the alien-inspired quantum computer on BridNet. The first BridNet devices for humans were clunky, overpriced and dangerous. But prices have fallen. The new headgear is sleek and the early technical kinks have been worked out. An external patch allows full-blood humans to receive and send signals the hybrids can access at birth. More of us connect every day to the omnipresent cloud of wireless information. Imagine if you were able to combine the human brain with its intelligence, creativity, with the memory capacity, the speed, all the functions that computers do now, you would create a human that was essentially a genius. I mean, a genius beyond anything we can imagine right now. Genius doesn't come easy. You'll need an electrocommunication organ to process the deluge of wordless data Brids are born with these organs inside their temporal lobes. Humans need to get an artificial one surgically implanted. There will be some people who will try it simply because there are some people who will try anything. They feel that they can regain an advantage over their fellow humans because we are a competitive species. Do we want to give them to people who are perfectly healthy in order to be better or merely for some individuals who feel like they're a little bit behind and we want to pull them up? Before the aliens arrived, humans were already perfecting brain implant technology. At St. Barnabas Medical Center in Livingston, New Jersey, doctors used direct brain stimulation to treat epilepsy in patients who were once considered untreatable. These were people where nothing had worked. They had been through numerous medications, brain surgery that didn't work, nothing else had helped. Worldwide, 50 million people have epilepsy, and a third of them don't respond to medication. Implants like the RNS, or Responsive Neurosimulator, may be their only hope. Inside this device here, 
there's a computer chip that can read the electrical activity of the brain, determine when a seizure is happening, when it sees an abnormal brain rhythm happening, and then determine, okay, this is the time to give an electrical pulse and try to shock the brain back into a normal rhythm. This pacemaker for the brain uses two kinds of electrodes, one for seizures on the neural cortex, the surface of the brain, and one that can safely be inserted into deeper regions. So what we're seeing is these are her live brain waves right this second, recording directly from these wires inside her head. So, and this shows us how many therapies have been delivered over the past month or so. That's what we're hoping this is actually doing, is it sees a seizure just about to start, gives a shock, and the brain goes back to a normal rhythm. I found out that I had epilepsy when I was 35. It was kind of scary, you know, how my life kind of pulled out from under me. When Carolyn came to Dr. Geller, she was having 10 to 15 seizures every month. Well, I had my driver's license taken away from me, my work. Um, so basically, you live a life, and then all of a sudden, you don't. After getting the implant, her seizures have dropped by 80%. The device um, pretty much saved my life. Implants like these hold promise for mental illness, paralysis, Alzheimer's, even chronic pain. Open your eyes, people. It's all right in front of you. Get your eyes open. But would you hack your brain to join an alien-designed telepathic network? The theme of many a science fiction horror story is that an individual is going to interface with something that's alien, and then they're transformed in some way, and they're in great danger of losing their humanity. One thing's for sure. With the daily addition of thousands and someday even billions of humans, Quincy continually harnesses more of our collective brain power. Where will it end? Once everybody's connected into this hive mind, who are we as human beings? Are we our physical form or are we our minds? Consciousness as we know it exists as an individual thing. In a hive mind situation, it would be like a global superego that is aware of itself or conscious the same way individuals are. But unlike the Brits, who were born with organs we don't have and who've mastered their skills with a lifetime of practice, we're novices in the world of Bridnet. You have to learn it, just like you have to learn how to paint or draw or play the guitar. But once you learned it, you would be able to learn faster than people who didn't have that ability. But access to the greatest network in history comes with compromises. It's possible to conceive of a time when you will never be isolated again because part of your body, due to implants, will always be in communication with something or somebody else. Will we lose the ability to be intimate, alone, with those we care about? To share confidences? Humans wouldn't be human without at least some privacy. Of course, there are those who hate all this newfangled connectivity. It's too time-consuming, they say. Too intrusive, too alien. But the more people who join, 
the more people feel they must join, until those who don't are the outliers. Each generation takes for granted things that the previous generation found unsettling. And I don't think it's unrealistic to expect that within two or three generations, the idea of being part biological and part machine will be acceptable to people. The network is a two-way street. Humans grow by connecting to Quincy, and Quincy itself grows smarter with each new brain. The group forming law asserts that every new person joining a social network adds exponentially to the number of connections. A network of 10 individuals can form 1,000 possible groups. Add one more person and suddenly you have 2,000 connections. With human brains and computers, connections are power. How much control over Earth will Quincy have if billions of humans join? Or someday soon, perhaps, billions of brids. The world hasn't seen a newborn brid in nearly two decades. A British company confirms the rumors. It's engineering brid babies. Some couples jump at the chance to have a baby with the full range of brid superpowers. Vision far beyond our visible spectrum, lightning fast reaction times, and an innate lifelong connection to BridNet. I think genetic modification in the future will be actually pervasive in society as we learn more about genes and how to fix them. We certainly know a number of diseases can be corrected by modifying single genes. Genetic engineering of plants and animals is commonplace. Genome editing or genome engineering can very precisely change one base pair in six billion in the human genome. The ethics of manipulating our own genes is another matter. We'll soon be opening Pandora's box in terms of we'll be able to change human species itself. Certainly having new therapies, new treatments that introduce new genetic functions could have social implications. What is acceptable? Why is that more accepted than developing the, the same children with a more robust physique so they can enjoy a healthier and longer life? Orders for designer brid babies skyrocket. I'm here to tell you what's really going on. Conspiracy theorists warn that this has been the alien plan all along. They are phasing us humans out. Those in power fear that society is approaching a tipping point. If the number of BridNet users and Brid babies grows high enough, then complete alien control of Earth may become inevitable. There is no question that if our military observes this supercomputer with all this power, it's not just going to sit back and say, oh, great, nice supercomputer, wonderful thing there. And when our military feels threatened by the alien computer, I'm sure they're going to use their own technology against them. The NSA asks its own quantum computer, Queen, to predict how much time there is before full-blood humans become obsolete on planet Earth. 
The military's quantum supercomputer crunches all the available worldwide data and predicts how much time humanity has left. The tipping point is less than nine months away. In response, the United States immediately orders all government personnel off of BridNet. Just before disconnecting, the Centers for Disease Control in Atlanta receives a message from Quincy. It's a DNA sequence. The genetic code comes from a strange combination of creatures, including jellyfish, microscopic tardigrades, and humans. Life creates and recreates and recreates and evolves. So the whole definition of species and what is a species is in flux. Has Quincy given us a recipe for some grotesque artificial life form? One of the fastest growing areas of science is something called synthetic biology. It's the ability not just to read life code, not just to do genetic engineering, inserting or taking out or modifying one gene in something. It's the ability to program the entire chromosome, the entire life form from scratch. In the early 2000s, scientists began experimenting with limited forms of synthetic biology. Instead of modifying individual genes, scientists were adding or changing biological functions, creating goats that produce spider silk, making artificial jellyfish out of rat cells, designing biofuels out of bacteria. Synthetic biology has the potential to change life on Earth and Earth itself. The habitat of the entire planet Earth has become increasingly a function of human activity. And more and more Earth is becoming a garden that we manage and tend rather than an, an, an environment that impacts us randomly. Humans may be the first species that is able to direct its own evolution. But the DNA sequence sent to the CDC by Quincy isn't just bizarre, it's a virus. And it contains codes for a protein known to cause cell death in humans. Is this a recipe for doomsday? Machines are something that you can unplug, but a biological organism occupies this gray space. And it is a living thing. Even something very tiny like a virus can be incredibly dangerous. The CDC has laboratories built to contain the deadliest viruses on Earth. With great care, CDC scientists use synthetic biology to construct the DNA sequence that was sent by Quincy. The regenerative properties of the jellyfish cells, the disease-fighting traits of human white blood cells, and the aggressive cell-killing protein function together as a previously unseen virus. It is not dangerous. It is the cure for cancer. My guess as to what the BRIDs are is a universal immune system. They're part of the structures that the universe uses to keep its intelligences from uh, hurting themselves. But the end of one despised disease meets the law of unintended consequences. Imagine if we could cure all human diseases. It sounds great. It's almost like we'd find a cure for death. But we have a lot of people that make their living by curing people. All of those people would be out of work now. 
The other thing is that we'd have a serious population control problem. As if an alien-controlled global hive mind wasn't enough to worry about, the military now faces a new existential threat, an alien computer creating its own life forms. So if now we have some alien computer that has the knowledge for how to design individual organisms, this computer is going to have godlike powers. There's no question that we're going to react badly because whoever has this kind of power has ultimate power over life on Earth. A machine has surpassed human intelligence and capabilities. This is the threshold we've been warned about, the technological singularity. The important point is not so much that that machine now is as clever as your next door neighbor, it's the fact that he can design something better than he is. He can quickly evolve, and then that machine will design something that's a little better, and very quickly, within a span of a few years, you have machines that are far cleverer than all of humanity put together. The military decides the only way to regain control is to destroy Quincy. But the most powerful tool in the human arsenal is about to be taken away. Britain attempts to ban Bridnet, but millions of users refuse to disconnect. The UN debates sanctions against Turkey, where the alien computer is housed. And the US military plots Quincy's destruction. We are really a vicious, cranky, malevolent group of naked apes. And if we really get pissed off, we are masters of extinction. Queen, the military's quantum computer, predicts that Quincy would immediately disable any attack that uses malware or viruses. While commanders consider other options, an alert comes in. Quincy has scrambled all of the armed services' nuclear launch codes. Is the controller of Bridnet going on the offensive? Or is it preventing us from destroying ourselves? Earth is rapidly entering a new era in history. As we edge to war, we look in the sky and see a vision of our possible future, 22 light years away. Astronomers know there is life on Gliese 667CC. To determine how advanced that life is, they investigate unusually high levels of infrared energy. Now, there's many different ways that you can create an infrared excess. You could have a high rate of volcanism on the planet. You could have perhaps an overabundance of radioactive elements for some reason. But one way that we might be able to look for an alien civilization is to look for an infrared excess in the electromagnetic spectrum of the planet. Our technology floods the atmosphere with radiation at an ever-increasing rate. Gliese displays an electromagnetic spectrum that is similar to ours. But as astronomers dig deeper into data provided by Queen, they uncover something unexpected. The rings are just like ours. Maybe this isn't the aliens' home planet. Maybe the aliens who visited us are colonizing another world just like Earth. They are surrounding Gliese with remnants of a mothership, spreading their DNA to the planet's life forms and controlling everything, 
with an all-powerful quantum computer. If such a world is found, we can look at that world and we can see what may very well be our fate there. The rings around Earth and Gliese align with the planet's magnetic fields. The Earth has a magnetic field. The magnetic field channels most of the bad particles that come in from space into a kind of a shield around the Earth itself. So are these debris strengthening the magnetic field in order to protect the Earth and the life on Earth that now shares the alien DNA? Or is it actually serving a purpose of canceling out the magnetic field? These cosmic rays that we're protected from will begin to erode our atmosphere. Open your eyes, people. Conspiracy theorists view the news as another doomsday scenario. See them, they're right here. The aliens plan to transform Earth into a world like our nearest neighbor. When we look at the Earth's atmosphere, it's just a tiny, thin layer of gas that is right there on the surface of the Earth. But it's substantial in comparison to Mars's atmosphere. Mars does not have a significant magnetic field. Perhaps its atmosphere was eroded away by the action of particles coming from the sun and cosmic rays. The rings around Gliese may offer clues to our future. That's the real question is, are the decisions from this computer going to be in the best interests of individuals, communities, societies, or the planet? And we won't know that until it happens. Since Gliese is 22 light years away, we're looking back in time, seeing a picture of that world two decades ago. Does that planet still have an atmosphere? Has the advanced civilization survived its alien encounter? More importantly, will we? Quincy is in everything, everywhere, surrounding us, between us. And it's starting to feel like we cannot live without it. Think of it this way. We're talking here about an alien civilization that is centuries or if not millennia more advanced than us, able to do things to us and for us that we could never imagine doing for ourselves. That is power in a way that we haven't seen since Columbus set foot in the New World. And we all know what happened after that. Quincy seeks knowledge. It wants to digest every bite of information on Earth. And eventually, there is only one place it hasn't accessed the military's own supercomputer, Queen. No, 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 get it back. Don't lose it, don't lose it. It's not gonna care that something's classified as top secret. It's gonna go gather information and it's gonna use that information. So you can imagine how our military is gonna react to this supercomputer that now has taken all of our military knowledge that's stored and incorporated into its own knowledge base. They're not gonna like that very much. Governments around the world must choose sides. You're either with the US supercomputer under human control, Queen, or with Quincy and Bridnet. How do you go to war with a supercomputer? You could not allow your supercomputer to figure out what you're doing. But your supercomputer is so smart, it's going to track how you move resources around. 
commanders rely on a single stealthy drone to regain control of Earth. This is war against a computer, so a human being must pilot the drone. So whenever you hear about a missile being shot off of a Predator, someone is sitting in a control station making a decision. It's not a machine that is, you know, using artificial intelligence to decide whether it should fire. The Department of Defense and senior leaders are going to feel like there needs to be a human in that loop. It's a popular plotline in science fiction that the robots become so advanced that humanity becomes a second-class citizen. I don't think that humanity would ever let that happen. I don't think we would ever be satisfied with being second place on this planet. The U.S. military drone enters Turkish airspace. The long-feared battle of civilizations has begun. Quincy versus Queen. Alien versus human. Brid versus Brid. 20 seconds to target. On the next Alien Encounters. A war like no other. Fought with weapons that are out of this world. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.